There's a lot of ways to study this book, this Bible. By the way, isn't the body of Christ so beautiful? People from every country. Isn't that beautiful? I love the variety that, you know, no two snowflakes are the same. And God loves variety, different countries, different foods. So this book, as I was saying last week to you, there's many different ways to study it. But, oh, please, read it. Read it every day. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Remember, we walk by faith. But you can't walk by faith unless you have the word in you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So don't complain if you have weak faith. It's because you're not reading the word. Don't make yourself a victim. It's on you. It's on me. You're too busy to read the word and thus you suffer spiritually. Like the Bible says, people make wrong proverbs. I'm paraphrasing. People make wrong decisions and then they rail against the Lord. They make a mess for themselves, and then they, God, where are you? And it's like, dude, look, look what you're doing. So you got to read this book every day. That's how I'm going to be judged at the end of my life. Did Carol and I and the pastors here lead you into the Bible or lead you into a church? The Brooklyn Tabernacle won't, won't help you in the day of trouble, but God will help you in the day of trouble. But you got to have faith in that. We talked about not only are there verses that you can meditate on, there's doctrinal parts of the Bible like Romans, there's poetry, there's historical narrative. And last week I mentioned that you can learn things from the Bible by doing biographical study. Remember last week we talked about Saul, Jonathan, and David, remember? And we looked back after kind of surveying 1 Samuel, and we were saying, so God put all this stuff in, not one specific verse about them, but what do their lives teach us? In other words, what do we learn from the life of someone, this one, that one? That's one way to study the Bible. Another way to study the Bible, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, But another interesting way to study the Bible, and if it ever hits you this way, do it. And if you need help and suggestions, see me, one of the pastors will help you. Sometimes you're reading the Bible and you hit a word, a word, and you go, whoa, that word strikes me deep here. Let me study that word. In other words, how many times is that word found in the Bible? Is it a significant word? What does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with God? Just that word. So if you get a Bible with a concordance, you know what that is? You go to the back if you have a good concordance and you look up the word, let's say hope. So hope, the blessed hope. So what's hope mean? Now abides faith, hope, and love. So what's hope about? Let's just take that word. And now you start looking, where else is the word hope in the New Testament or Old Testament? And what's it mean? And you study just that word. You're jumping around in the Bible a little bit, but you're studying this one word, hope. And then if you have little Hebrew or Greek word study helps, you can find what's the Hebrew word or Greek word that's translated hope. And you can study that way. So I want to talk to you about just one word. Oh, what a word. What a word. And you'll find it in the Bible, and you're going to find out that God is full of this word, but you ain't going to find it outside. Mm -mm. I want to talk to you about mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. There ain't no mercy out there. 
Mercy is not a natural instinct. It's divine in its origin. No religion has the concept of mercy in it except Christianity. What is mercy? Well, it's an attribute of God's love. It's cousins with the word grace, but it signifies the pity and the compassion that God feels for people who are suffering because of their own mess-up, among other things. In other words, mercy is not saying, hey, you made your bed, sleep in it. No, mercy is, no, let me help you. Let me protect you. Mercy also can be defined as God not giving you what you deserve. Mercy, compassion, trying to save people from themselves. And the Bible tells us that God is full of mercy. And even when we brought things on ourselves, he goes to help us. And one significant thing about mercy is it's not mercy unless it's undeserved. The moment you claim some right to something from God, you have now moved away from his mercy. Mercy is always undeserved. Lord, have mercy. That means... I have no argument. Uh, One of the great Puritan uh, writers and preachers who really knew God, he was about to die on his deathbed, and he had decades of ministry, and they went to him, and they said, I think it was Thomas Hooker, and they said to him, "Uh, Brother Thomas, now you're near the end. You're going to go to your reward for all your labors. And he said, No, I'm going to receive mercy. Because in the end, that's what we all need. Do I get an amen from that? None of us get pay from God. We get mercy. All answers to prayer are based on mercy. When the writer to Hebrews tells us, therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace, the place of prayer, that we might receive mercy and grace to help us. Some people have said mercy is God not giving you what you deserve, and grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. Mercy. Now, there's a whole area of things called common mercies, and common mercies are those things that God does for us or spares us from or blesses us with even though they're totally undeserved, and common mercies are so numerous that we just take them for granted and we hardly even thank God for his mercy. For example, you're breathing today. How many are breathing? Raise your hand. (laughs) Ushers, find anyone who didn't raise their hand and call EMS so we can get them out. Well, why are you breathing today? Because of God's mercy. Oh, no, I deserve to breathe today. No, you don't. It's God's mercy. Do you have a job? Mercy. Do you have intelligence? Mercy. Do you have your health? God's mercy. Can you locomote and get around? God's mercy. Did you eat food today? Or will you eat food today? Strictly God's mercy. See, but we're so used to those things. You have shoes on your feet? That's God's mercy. Not everyone has shoes. Am I right, Adam? Not everyone has shoes. But you have shoes. Why do you have shoes? Because you deserve it? What, are you special? No. It's God's mercy. How many want just want to thank God for all his mercies today? Think where we would be if it weren't for God's mercy. 
We can't dig into all of that, can we? It's not appropriate, but between us and God, oh, do we know the mercy he's shown us. Am I correct or not? Where would some of us be today? Some of us would be dead, some in jail. Don't say not me. It's only God's mercy that has you where you are today. So when Moses received the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, the Lord wanted to reveal himself through his name. Some translations have it as Jehovah, Yahweh, others. Some just translate that Lord. It depends what Bible you're reading. So just look at this. He's going to reveal himself now to Moses. And then the Lord came down in a cloud and he stood there with him and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. God wanted Moses to know what he's about, and he says the most powerful thing to me by far that about God is I am full of mercy. Whenever a Christian really starts to become like Christ and matures, you'll know it because they're full of mercy. Whenever someone's immature and carnal and still in themselves and a baby, you'll find a lack of mercy. They want to get back. They want to yell back. They don't want to forgive. They keep a black book of everything that's ever happened to them. Moses now learned God is full of mercy. Now, that's the greatest thing to me. Now, God is omnipotent. That means he has all power. But without mercy, oh, my goodness, I'm scared to death. How about you? God is everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. But if he wasn't merciful, that's no comfort to me that he's everywhere. But now that I know he's full of mercy, that means everywhere I go, there's mercy for me because God is everywhere and he's full of mercy. God is omniscient. He knows everything. But that is not a comfort to me because if he knows everything, a lot of us, all of us would be saying, "Uh uh-oh, he knows things I've hidden from other people. But on top of his omniscience, omnipotence, and his omnipresence, he's full of mercy. Full of mercy. God is sovereign. A certain theological system has been built, basically, Calvinism, on the sovereignty of God. But better than the sovereignty of God is the mercy of God. Someone has said that if you put a ship out today, you know, And you set them out on an ocean of God's mercy. And you said, tell us when you see the shore. Just, we're setting you off. Just sail. Sail, sail for months, sail for years, sail for decades. Tell us when you see an end to the mercy. They'd never see the shore. Because God's mercy has no end. It has no bottom. You can't get past it. Wherever you go. Come on, haven't we found that out? How many know the only reason you're here today is absolutely the mercy of God? Put your hand up high. It's the mercy of God. Has no end to it. There's no end. No one's ever going to say, ahoy, I see land. No, no, no. That sea has no end, no shore. It's just mercy, mercy. Someone has said it this way. Just like when we breathe, we take in oxygen. We automatically take in oxygen. You can't breathe and not take in oxygen. 
Every time you just live every day, every step you take, you're taking in mercy. Just mercy. Another day, more strength, more pardon, more tenderness, more compassion. It's just, it's just everywhere there's mercy. Everywhere there's mercy. The Bible says, among other things, that God is full of mercy. He loves mercy. He delights in mercy. God and mercy are just like, this is his major attribute. It's obviously derived from his love. But you know what 2 Corinthians says about him? 2 Corinthians says this. This is from the New Living Translation. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. But other translations has it this. God he is the Father of mercies. They put it more contemporary. He's the merciful Father. But he's the Father of all mercies. All mercy in the universe comes from God. If you and I have any mercy, it did not come from us. We don't know from mercy. That's an attribute of God and God alone. Animals have no mercy. Zero. If a zebra runs across accidentally where the lion has his cub and the mother is very defensive and now the, and she was just laying down. She was sleeping. She didn't want to bother anyone. But someone came near her cub. The lion goes at the zebra. The zebra can't stop and go, hey, my bad. I did not know that was your cub. I didn't know this was your turf. Could you please just let it go this time? Show a little mercy. No, no, no. How many no lions have no mercy? The animal kingdom, there's no mercy. And that's what makes us animalistic ourselves is when we show no mercy. He's the father of all mercies. He's the source of everything merciful. That's why we're here today. But see, we're so used to it, a lot of us aren't being provoked to thank God and praise God because we're just so used to. We just assume God's mercy. Well, he's just, he's merciful. I don't have to say thank you. We should thank, say thank you every day. How many say amen to that? I mean, we should just wake up in the morning and say thank you for another day, God. Mercy. At the bottom of all of our salvation, Titus tells us, Paul writing to a younger minister named Titus says this, once we too were foolish and disobedient. This is interesting. Nowhere do I find Paul talking about his own life this way. Notice we, first person plural, we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Yo, Paul, he's letting it all hang out here, right? This is all of us. If you don't see yourself in there, you've lost your way. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He saved us because of his mercy. He didn't pay us for what we did. What does the Bible say? If you dealt with us according to our sins, who would stand? Who in this building could stand and say, I want God to treat me exactly like my behavior warrants? No, no, nobody. 
We're all crying, have mercy. Come on, all we like sheep have gone astray. It's all about God's mercy. As I try to wrap this up, I've just tried to describe about this, this thing that can't be described, the mercy of God. Nobody can describe the mercy of God. Nobody's ever plumbed the depths of it. No one's ever got to the edge of it. It's just, there's just unending mercy. You know, it's like those TV programs that are serials, you know, and, you know, it's not self-contained. Next week you tune in again, right? And, and it says at the end, more to come with mercy. There's always more to come. Have you used up a lot of mercy? There's more to come. Praise God. There's, come on, can we say amen to that? God never says, no, you've messed up too many times. I've run out of mercy. You know what? I helped you before, but I've just run out. I'm sorry. Can't help you now. Never. He's full of mercy delights in mercy, rich in mercy, the father of all mercy. And that's a word that we hardly think about too much, but look how prominent it is in the Bible. So let's just, in closing, talk about how mercy works because I'm trying to show you this that word mercy in the Greek word elios, it has the feeling or, or it has the connotation of someone being moved with compassion and, and a tenderness that says, I have to help them. I know, but they don't deserve help. They did, you know, they shook their fist at you and said, I'll go my own way. God, you know, uh, they use your name in vain. They tell other people, God damn you, and this and that. They don't, they don't, I know, they don't deserve it, but my mercy keeps reaching for them. In the political world today, in the racial world today, over in the Middle East, stop it. There's no mercy. There's no mercy. You disagree, I attack. You're different than me, I attack you. How dare you be different than me? How dare you have a thought different than mine? Come on, that's the world we live in, dog eat dog. But God's not like that. He's rich in mercy. So let's just see in closing here how mercy operates. So some of you know this story, but let's look at it. Again, from the New Living Translation. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Oh, this is good for all of us. They had great confidence in their own righteousness, and they looked down on everybody else. You know, I'm not like, you know, look, I'm not perfect, Pastor, but I mean, I'm not a lowlife. No, that's us. That's a lot of you out here. You don't think you totally need mercy. You just need a little help around the edge. That's what you feel. We don't even see our own need, which keeps us from God's mercy. So he's going to tell a story, and he says this. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, a religious expert, 
a legalist, and the other was a despised tax collector. That was as low as you could go. You were in cahoots with the Roman Empire. You ripped off your own people. You were a Jewish tax collector working for the Romans. I mean, that was the lowest. Jesus hung around people like that. That's why a lot of people didn't believe in him. They said, how could he be the Messiah? He runs around with tax collectors. I mean, the lowest. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. Notice, Pharisees can pray. Hypocrites can pray. People who are full of themselves can pray. Their prayers ain't worth two cents, but they can pray. Notice, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of my income. There's a great prayer, telling God how great he is. You want to lose out with God? Just pray that prayer before you go to bed tonight. You have a really bad night. Notice, I am this. I'm not like that. Come on, that's in all of us. Don't, don't look at me and act like uh, I'm trying to be melodramatic. I'm not. That's all of us. We compare ourselves to others, and we pick people who are, we feel beneath us so that we can look good. Come on, don't tell me no. I say yes. That's the way we all are. We don't compare ourselves with Mother Teresa or Adam and Martha Boyd going to Papua New Guinea. No, we compare ourselves with some homeless person who's strung out on weed, and we go, thank God I'm not that. God, notice I'm not that. Why aren't you like that? Strictly the mercy of God. You'd be smoking double weed if it wasn't for the mercy of God. (laughs) No, some of you are laughing. Some of you should be saying amen. (laughs) You know, there's so much weed here in downtown Brooklyn. How many have noticed there's more in downtown Brooklyn than almost like any play? I went for a walk just to Brooklyn Fair to shop. The weed was so strong in the street, I was feeling good by the time I got home. I was like... I don't know what I bought, but it's nice. No, it's sweet. That, that is sweet what I bought. It's crazy out there, right? But the tax collector, he stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eye to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So now we learn where mercy flows. It always flows down. If you and I go up, we ain't going to experience it. It's always down. Humility. Have mercy on me. I have no excuse. It's not because what someone did to me when I was 12. No, I'm wrong. I have no story to tell. I have no justification. I'm in need of mercy. Have mercy. Jesus said that guy who just beat his breast, who was a tax collector, he went home accepted by God. But the Pharisee, God said, no way, out. Isn't that a good lesson for all of us? Don't be ashamed to come to God and just beat your breast and say, have mercy on me. 
How many realize, like already, I'm not even done yet, I'm almost done. How many realize now we need mercy every day? Just lift your hand. And we need to, mercy flows toward humility. The thing that cuts off mercy is our stinking, self-righteous pride. That's what cuts us off from God's mercy. He resists the proud because they never ask for mercy. They think they need pay. They want pay. I did this, now pay me. But the person who really knows God, Lord have mercy. Here's another thing about mercy that's very significant. To an unbeliever, a sinner who doesn't receive Christ, mercy makes them more proud and harder. Because God doesn't automatically act. They feel, I got away with it. Don't don't tell me no. I'll tell you yes. Sinners get harder because of God's mercy. See, God waits. He waits to be merciful, but that waiting, sinners, some of you here might be living a double life. You, you take that as like, I got away with it. And guess what? I'll do it again because no one's finding out. See, mercy damns you. It either saves you or it damns you. But to a real believer, mercy breaks you. You love him even more. How many love him because of his mercy? Come on, wave your hand at me. I mean, when you think of the goodness, the mercy of Jesus and all that he's done. See what mercy does? To the sinner, it's like, I'll raise my fist. See, nothing's happening. I'll curse God. Where's your God? And that mercy, that common mercy of God's patience hardens them even more. But to the one who understands God, it just softens you. See, that's how, please uh, let not this happen, but I'm just getting a flashback. I was once preaching about the mercy of God in our previous building. At the end, I stood next to the pulpit, which was wooden, and I closed my eyes, and what I said was this, and I say it again now. What sends you to hell is not your sins. God's made provision for your sins. We've all sinned. If you end up damned, and in a dark place all alone for all eternity. It won't be because of your sins. It's because you rejected God's mercy. There's mercy for us all, or else I wouldn't be speaking to you. But sins won't. Your sins will find you out. The wages of sin is death. I got all that. But God made a provision for sin. It's called his mercy. He sent Christ. But if you reject his mercy, tell me something. When you say no to God's mercy, what's left? What's after God's mercy? There ain't nothing left. So I was by the side of my pulpit, and the prayer band had prayed for me above my office, and I heard a woman in the prayer band not only prayed before the meeting with me, but she was up there praying, and I heard her yelling out, God, protect him, protect Pastor Simba. It was the strangest prayer. I was just going into an afternoon service. Maybe back then we were doing four services a day. Do you remember those days, anybody? Nine, 12, three, and six. That's why I look so old. I'm 38 years old. I just turned 38 in May. But those four meetings, they wiped me out. And as I was closed my eyes, a man got hit by the mercy of God. And he was a Jewish gentleman. His wiring wasn't good. And he had gotten a gun because someone had messed with his woman. And he got a gun to take out this guy. But he stumbled into, oh God, in his mercy. 
I'm seeing it now in a new way. God, in his mercy, made him say, I can't do that. He had never been in the building before. And he drew the gun, and he walked down the, the aisle with the gun drawn on me and walked up on the platform. Security, they were all eating hamburgers out in the lobby somewhere. <laughs> and they walk, he walked across the stage with the gun drawn on me. And my wife yelled out my name, Jim, Jim. I didn't hear her. I was telling people, come to Jesus and his mercy. Meanwhile, I was on my way to Jesus and his mercy. <laughs> and he threw the gun i just saying it now. My heart is beating faster. He threw the gun on the pulpit. I didn't see it. My eyes were closed. And I opened my eyes. There's a gun on my pulpit, not your typical Sunday service, right? And he, and he, and he ran off the platform, and I chased him. And I'm remembering now, he went down the steps that were in that, on that platform, and he ran halfway up the aisle, and then he screamed, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, listen. And then I remember her praying for me, protect him, because he could have panicked or somebody could have made a wrong move and he could have blown me away. And my wife was on the keyboard behind me and a good church player never stops playing no matter what. <laughs> but she was so scared, her face and her head sunk. So at the end, all you could see were two hands playing the, the keyboard. That was a Sunday. That was a Sunday. But that's what he cried. Jesus, have mercy. God had mercy on me. He had someone pray for me. Come on, all the boneheaded things you and I have done in our life, and we're here and we're singing, his mercy is more. Come on, can we thank God? Yeah, that's the only lifeline we have. That's the only lifeline we have, is God's mercy. Don't try to, look, God, I know I messed up, but I'm going to do a lot of good stuff now to outweigh that. Don't, don't do that. That's a waste of time. Just fall into his merciful arms. He loves to show mercy. He delights in mercy. What kind of God do we have? He loves to forgive people and restore and cover them. So listen, listen. So number one, remember, mercy flows toward humility. God resists the proud. He gives mercy and grace to the humble. Here's another thing to remember. You want to know where mercy flows? The Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verse 7. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Jesus told another parable. He said there was this king. And the king started to settle accounts with his servants. And one servant owed him 100000 And the guy came and the king said, hey, 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 dude, no stories. If I want stories, I'll go to the library. I want the money. Show me the money. I don't have it. Well, then you know what? Hey, my assistants, sell his wife and children and him. Get the money from me, will you please? And the guy fell at the king's feet. And he said, please have mercy. The king was moved with compassion. And he said, you know what? I forgive you the 100000 No payment plan like it never existed. It's gone. Jesus said that same man who got forgiven went out and the next day he saw someone who owed him $100. 
And he said, dude, where's my money? The guy went, listen, I'm short this week. Things went bad. I played the numbers. None of them hit. I went to Aqueduct. The horse, he died right in the starting gate. He didn't even run the race. No, no, I don't want your stories, the guy said. I want stories. I want the money. You owe me money. And when the guy couldn't pay, he had the whole family thrown in the slammer. But some of the king's servants saw and heard what happened, and they went to the king, and they said, Time out, king. You know that guy that you forgave a hundred large? He just had someone thrown in jail because they owed him a hundred dollars. The king said, You bring him to me, you wicked, evil servant. I forgave you 100000 when you bowed and asked for mercy. You wouldn't show mercy to someone who owed you $100? If you and I want more mercy, let's show more mercy. When you withhold mercy to other people, you're withholding mercy from yourself. Imagine how some of our lives would change if we would just let it go. No, that thing inside of your heart right now towards certain people or even family members. Let it go. Show mercy. Don't let them rob the blessing of God from you. But they hurt me. Don't you get it? They're going to hurt you twice if you don't show mercy. They hurt you the first time. You can't undo that. But if you hold resentment and don't show mercy, now they give you a double whammy. How many understand? Say amen. Come on. It flows toward humility. And the more you show mercy, the more f- shows it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. I don't know about you, my last word. I want mucho mercy. How many want more mercy flowing in your life? The last thing I want is God to say, what? Cut off the, the spigot of mercy. No, ooh, no, no, don't do that. That's my only hope is the mercy of God. Let's close our eyes. Thank you for that word, Lord. Not one verse, but a whole bunch of verses. In fact, that's who you are, full of mercy. Yes, power. Yes, all these things. You know everything. Yeah, you made the stars. You made the clouds. But God, I'm telling you the truth now in front of these people. Greater than all that you created is that you're merciful. Those clouds can't help me. They show me how resplendent you are and how glorious you are. But God, what I need is not a cloud or a sun or a moon or a star. I need mercy. We need mercy today. We need to show more mercy. God, would you make us a merciful church? Would you fill these new members with mercy? Would you fill the pastors and the deacons and deaconesses? Make us full of mercy so that people can taste it, can feel it, can sense it. The singers behind me, would you fill us with mercy? A lot of us pound. We want justice. We need justice. That's not how we talk to you, God. We don't say justice. We say, give us mercy. Make us like Jesus, who delight in showing mercy and being merciful to everyone. People that others rejected, he showed mercy toward them. Well, our eyes are closed. Anybody who been touched by these verses and you say, Pastor, you read my mail today. I need a special deposit of mercy in my life. I need God's favor in a special way. I don't deserve it. I'm not asking because I deserve it. I'm asking based on his mercy. Like David in Psalm 51, be merciful to me, O God. If you've 
feel that way, just get out of your seat and stand here in the front facing me. Anyone, just pastor for me. That was me. I need fresh mercy from God. Number two, anyone who just got a new deep sense of, oh my goodness, I have been the recipient of such mercy. I got to thank God. I don't praise him enough. I've been holding back on praise. And now I remember all his mercy. I'd be dead today. No one knows. Passively, you don't know. I know where I would be today if it wasn't for his mercy. Get out of your seat. Just come up here. I don't care if half the church comes. Come on up. It's significant. Come on down from the balcony. Come on. Let's just lift our hands. Everybody, lift your hands. Just begin thanking God for his mercy. Come on, everyone in the building. Out loud, don't be embarrassed. In English, in Spanish, whatever language you speak. Gracias, Señor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and then thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Now, Lord, help us, help us to reflect your glory and help us to represent you appropriately the rest of this day and week, should you give us another week, by showing mercy, full of kindness, compassion, tenderness, not mean to people, kind to people merciful to people even though they're wrong we've been wrong look what you did with us how can we jump down someone's throat Lord after you've shown us such mercy bless the offering speak to people watching Lord that they might give online in exorbitant ways so that your work can go forward and the bills can be paid as people leave, bless that. Bless the fellowship of the new members behind me there in 163, Lord. Bless that fellowship. Make it sweet. Let the first-time visitors go down and be blessed by the Welcome Center. We just thank you that we're in your house today and that we are trophies of your mercy. Our testimony is not I, 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 but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and his mercy. Let's put our hands together one last time. His mercy is more. Let your presence go with us now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. turn around and give someone a hug, a handshake.